Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. I'm Ben Carter, your life transformation coach. And I've been sent, called, and commissioned to help you live your very best life. Join me on Ben the Life Coach Radio Show. I can't wait to support your leap into victory. Hey, 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 welcome back, welcome back. It's Ben, your life transformation coach. Welcome back to Ben, the life coach, Enter Radio Show. I am so happy to be back. I am so happy that you're listening. If you all didn't know, please share all of the shows from previous weeks. They are on demand. Head on over to blogtalkradio.com slash coach and listen to all of the shows. Get a pen, get a piece of paper, get your memo, get your notepad, your cell phone, text yourself. For every show, there's an acronym uh, slash tool that I use to help guide you, lead you, support you in that area of your life. If you're perfect in that area of your life, spread the show, share the show with someone you love, share the show with someone that you are trying to see win and succeed in life. That's what I'm here for. That's my whole mission, to see you happy, to see you successful, to see you winning, to see you walking in your purpose, your divine destiny. That's what I'm here for, to support that leap into victory. So I want to welcome you all back. We've got a brand new show this week. I've got a lot of notes that I took for this show. This particular show, (laughs) this particular show, it's another take on a 90s hip hop song. It's called It Ain't My Fault. Who remembers that? It Ain't My Fault. (laughs) I call it uh, It Ain't My Fault. The show is It Ain't My Fault that I made that choice. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. It ain't my fault that I made that choice. What I'm really addressing and what I'm really tackling here is how we make decisions, how we come up with the the decisions and the choices that we decide to make in our lives for ourselves. And we really want to reflect if the choices we're making are love-based choices, are fear-based choices, are faith-based choices and decisions. That's what we're going to talk about today. So once again, pull up a seat, get yourself a nice little drink, a little cocktail, whatever you prefer, (laughs) your pen, your paper, um, and enjoy the show. I hope you've been enjoying the show Uh, If I've been getting on your nerves, if you can't stand the sound of my voice and as soon as you hear me come on, you you throw your cell phone or you throw your laptop, well, I'm sorry for (laughs) you. It's unfortunate for you. (laughs) Sucks to be you, but I'm not going to stop. He ain't going to stop. I can't stop. I won't stop. This is what I've been commissioned to do. This is an outlet. So if, if I've been getting to you in that way... If I've been pushing buttons and pinching a nerve, that's a good thing. It's time for you to get 
get comfortable with being uncomfortable and I am here to call you to the carpet and let you know that you've been playing on the sideline when you've got Michael Jordan potential, when you've got LeBron James potential. Get off of your tail and get out there and play the game. So if I've been pissing you off, if I've been getting on your nerves, <laughs> good. <laughs> so this show, It Ain't My Fault, is really about accountability. It's really about our thought process. It's really about how we decide to live the life that we're living. And so let me tell you how this show came to be um, for me. This show came to be many years ago, about 20 something years ago, when I graduated high school and I went to uh, college. When I graduated high school and I went to college and I went to the financial aid department, I had to go in to the financial aid department and kind of say that I was a, was an abandoned child. Um, and when I did that, that broke something in me. I didn't know it at the time, but it helped to reinforce what I thought and what I felt about myself that, you know, wow, I really am a loser. Despite the fact that I'm going to college, I have to tell these people that I've been abandoned by my parents and that I can't ask them for help. And in a lot of ways, probably, you know, 89% of that statement was true because I really couldn't reach out to a parent at that point in my life. And that's okay. You know, that situation was what it was. You know, it graduated into something much more divine and much more magical, and there was a blessing from it. But at that time, it was heartbreaking. And so when I was going to college and signing all of these student loans, thousands and thousands of dollars, it became overwhelming. And so my second year in uh, college, I went to Johnson & Wells University in Providence. I was a culinary arts slash restaurant hotel management major, which meant I should have been there for four years. I only stayed for two. I only stayed for two because after the two years and the $36,000 um, student loan I had, I couldn't see myself staying any longer. So what I'm saying to you is that what I did was I made a decision based on my my self-worth or lack thereof. I didn't think that I was worth another $36,000 because I couldn't imagine or even fathom in my life being able to take care of that student loan. I didn't think I would be able to pay it. And so the real reason why after I, I attended graduation for a two-year culinary degree, I didn't go back because I was afraid the longer I pursued school, the more loans I took, the less qualified and the less worthy I'd be uh, in terms of being able to pay that student loan back. So that example, that life experience is really one that I use because there are a lot of us who make that same decision. I see parents do it with their children. I see high school students do it to themselves where they look at the price tag and they go, I'll never be able to afford this. I can't afford it. I'll never be able to pay it back. And what we're doing is we're making a financial decision based on the value we've associated to ourselves. Sure, you'll be able to pay that back. Sure, you're worth 
that price tag. Your self-worth, your value as a person, as a human being, you know, college tuition as expensive, as god-awful expensive as it is, can't touch who you are as a person. I didn't get that for another 15, 16 years until I finally, finally mustered up enough strength to say, all right, you need to go back to school and finish up this degree. And what I started to assess was you are looking at your self-worth, you're looking at your earning potential from a mindset that isn't necessarily yours, Ben. So what do you mean, Ben? What are you saying with that? What I mean by that is the mindset that I had was I get one job and I pay off these student loans over the next 75 years. <laughs> but my mindset was a singular mindset in terms of making money. I started to learn very, very slowly that it is irrational for me to have one outlet as far as income is concerned. It's way too much stress to put on myself. So what I'm saying is, is I eventually started to look at different avenues to bring in financial resource for myself. I'm a multifaceted individual. And I've got earning potential in ways and in places that I never thought I had. But in order for me to get to that point, in order for me to get to the new prospect, I had to change my mind. This is becoming, at this point, it's, you know, becoming a cliche, right? It's becoming a cliche. Change your thoughts, change your life. Change your thoughts, change your life. But for some reason, we don't believe that. We don't apply that. So what we're here to discuss today is how we actually make decisions. I made decisions from a fearful, uh, lacking, undervalued, undervalued, excuse me, place of myself for myself. It took me a long time to get to the point of, you know what? You're worth more than what you're giving yourself credit for. You can do more than what you're, what you're giving yourself credit for. So what you guys are going to find, I've got a book coming out. <laughs> I've been having this book come out for the last two years, but I really do. The book is really finished. In the book, there's a phrase that I talk about that I mention all of the time. And the, the phrase is, your decisions will show you out which means your choices will expose you. Your choices will expose how you feel about yourself. Even when you think you're outsmarting um, everyone around you, the choices that you make for yourself about yourself will tell everybody how you really feel about yourself. So I want to take this opportunity to address a few things, right? So if you made the choice, whatever that choice is, fill in the blank, and you loved the outcome or you hated it, guess what? It's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault or it's your fortune, depending on what the outcome is. Now, I don't like to do right or wrong, good or bad, but the truth of the matter is, is that there are some wrong, wrong, bad, bad decisions and choices that we've all made that could have cost us our lives. I know you all have heard it before. One bad decision, one bad decision will cost you your life. So think about that for a minute. Think about where you are in your life. 
think about where you are in your life and how you got there. Your life is just a collective of decisions, of choices that you've made, the, the friends that you have, the job that you work, the car that you drive, the place that you live, those are all of your choices. At some point in your life, you have to take responsibility and accountability for where you are in your life. And if you don't like it, who are you going to call to the carpet for that? If you're 18, 21, 25, 30, 35, gone are the days where you can point your finger to mom, dad, sister, brother, auntie, uncle, the person that has really, really, really harmed you, transgressed you. Because now life is calling you up. Life is calling you higher and saying you are responsible for taking those experiences and making good on them regardless of how bad you perceive them, regardless of how bad they really were, you've now got to make good on those experiences and start making the best choices and the best decisions for yourself. When I say it is your fault, of course I'm playing um, on the song and I'm, I'm joking, but I do want you to be accountable for your life and for your own cho choices. Remember, Every obstacle is really just disguised as an opportunity. You get that? Every obstacle is just disguised as an opportunity. Each lesson you learn is meant to make you a master at living an abundant life. Do you understand that? Each lesson that you learn, hear me when I say this, is meant to make you a master at living an abundant life life. If you don't live an abundant life, chances are you haven't learned from life's lessons. If you constantly chase your tail, if you constantly repeat the same thing expecting different results, the only thing you're going to be good at in life is being dizzy. And I mean that in every way possible. Literal, figurative, you will be dizzy. You will be dunce. You will be a dodo bird, as my mother used to say, let's just let's just say what it is. If you invest all of your time in building a lifestyle around the same mistake, and it's a mistake because you're not experiencing the abundance of life, that's what makes it a mistake. Then the only thing you've perfected is making bad decisions, making bad choices. So what I really want to make sure we identify is the power in our choices, the power in our decisions, the power in the ability to make a choice that's going to propel, escalate, graduate us into the next level of our lives. And I'm not just talking about financial reward. I'm talking about making decisions that are going to propel you uh, socially, that are going to propel you environmentally, that are going to propel you physically and in, in, in your health, in your body. If I could, I would eat ice cream for breakfast, cake for lunch, cookies, Snickers for dinner. That's the kind of stuff that I love, but my body does not like it. My body says, listen, you are going to kill us. You're going to take us out. So the reason why I'm, I'm exposing <laughs> my deep, dark secret, it's because you need to be clear about the choices that you make. And in order for me to tell you, I have to 
pull pages from my own personal journal. I have to be able to tell you, hey, instead of, you know, four scoops of Haagen-Dazs, I get, you know, a hundred calorie Greek yogurt. Instead of you know, having the the chicken sandwich from Wendy's for lunch, I go get a broccoli kale salad from Trader's. I've got to make different choices because you need me around until I'm in my 90s to coach you. <laughs> you need me. <laughs> That's why I'm doing it. So we want to make sure that the choices we make are coming from a powerful place. So one of the things that I want you to, to think about, if you've made any choices in your life that you didn't like the outcome, why did you do it? Why did you make those choices? How are you processing information and how does that information affect your behavior, meaning affect the choices that you make? Is there something deeper going on with you? Are you making decisions from your bitter, bitterness, from your anger? You're still very much upset over the failed relationship. You're upset over you, you lost the business. You're upset that you lost access to your financial resources. Or are you the exact opposite? You're super duper adventurous. <laughs> and I love that. I love it. You take the risk, but you don't think. You don't apply any thought to what you're doing. You don't think anything out. You just dive in and then you ask for the life jacket when you've got a lung full of water. <laughs> you know you can only swim up to eight feet and you've dived into the 20, 21 feet end of the, of the pool. Or worse, you've jumped into the ocean. So you want to start thinking about where you fit in and how you're making your choices, right? So another one, let's look at this. Let's look at this. You chose, this is you, you chose to get into a relationship with someone who was your type. They were your type. They met all of your qualifications, right? You know, tall, dark, and handsome, six-figure income, drives a luxury vehicle, has a loft apartment, but that person doesn't necessarily complement your life. They complement your lifestyle but not your life. What? What the? What are you talking about, Ben? They don't fit into your purpose. They don't care about your purpose. They're not intrigued, interested in who God created you to be. They'll never ask you. They'll never bring up the conversation. They'll never ask you what makes your heart flutter. What are you most passionate about? What makes your spirit dance? What makes you leap into victory? What makes you do backflips with excitement? They'll never ask you that because they fit into your external surfaced lifestyle, but they do not fit into the spirit of who you actually are, your core being. But you chose that person and you've got to identify where you're making this choice from your ego or from your core soul self. This is something that you've got to take responsibility for and think this through and think this out. On the flip side, you really are a victim. Hands down are a victim of someone else's bad choices, bad decisions. But now you make all of your choices, you make all of your decisions based on their mistake.
because you still live in the pain of what they've done to you. You you were in the relationship. You were in the marriage. You were absolutely committed. You were monogamous. You would not look at another woman. You wouldn't look at another man. And you found out that the child wasn't yours. You found out that not only has this person been cheating on you, but they've been cheating on you with numerous people. And there's not one but two children out there. They've brought diseases home to you. And every choice that you make from here on out is based on that pain. You've got to identify if this is where you're coming from in your life. You were let go from a job. You gave your all to that job. Now, every job interview you go on, you take the baggage and the residual hurt and pain from that experience to the job interview. Come on, people. Start figuring this out. What is your thought process? Do you even know how to critically think and apply analytical skills to be objective? This is your life. Everything can't be based on what feels good, what looks good, because what feels good and looks good might absolutely turn you out, might turn you out. When I was growing up, and we would say, you are completely asked out. Excuse my French. You are completely asked out. Asked out means you've been played. Asked out means you've been exposed. Asked out means that you lost this one. You absolutely lost this one. And so in your attempt to chase what feels, what looks good, you will completely turn yourself out. You'll trick yourself. You will trick yourself and you'll become a victim of your own lack of integrity, of your own lack of thought process, of your own lack of objectiveness or objectiveness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is it getting too real for you? Am I pinching a nerve? <laughs> well, I'm a pinching nerve even, even more because I need to know, you need to know why. And how did you make those choices? What was the influencer? What's the benefit? What's the advantage? Start making the list of what's the pro? What's the con? We need to figure this out together. So make sure, once again, like always, you got your pen, you got your paper, because I want to go through the process of think with you, of you going from, it ain't my fault, <laughs> but I made the choice, to wow, this is really my, my fault. I'm responsible for this. I will hold myself accountable because the next decision that I make is going to escalate me from victim mentality into victory living. I'm really enjoying this, this conversation. I'm enjoying it so much. We might do a part two. <laughs> I know you all are saying, whatever, Ben. Um, and I know you probably are, are asking yourselves, what gives you the right? What gives you the authority to tell me how to think? I know how to think you. <laughs> Listen, don't cuss me. Don't cuss me. Don't fuss me. We are in this thing together. Whenever I do a show, I do some research, I look some things up, and one of the things that I always discuss with my high school students, because yes, I, I coach high school students, is learning to think critically, especially as young adults. And there is a fantastic website out there, take a look at it, 
It's www.criticalthinking.org. See? I wasn't making stuff up. <laughs> www.criticalthinking.org. And one of the things that they do, they talk about the nine strategy uh, or nine strategies of critical thinking in your everyday life. And I really, really think you should look that up um, as homework. But one of the things that I want you to think about and figure out if this is you is identifying the the types of thinkers or the stages of, of thinkers or critical thinkers. Stage one is the unreflective thinker. The unreflective thinker is unaware of significant problems in their thinking. The second stage is the challenged thinker. The challenged thinker becomes aware of problems in their thinking and aware of problems only. Stage three is the beginning thinker. The beginning thinker is where you start to begin improving your thought process, moving out of the problems, but you don't do it on a regular basis. Remember the show, Purpose Over Problems? The fourth stage is the practicing thinker. We recognize the necessity of regular practice. Regular practice means I'm analytically, critically thinking about the solution as opposed to living in the problem. Stage five, five is the advanced thinker. We advance in the accordance to our practice, so our thoughts become action. And then stage six is the master thinker. thinker. You're skilled and insightful and it becomes second nature to you. Those are true stages. I didn't make those up, but those are stages that I try to apply to my everyday life. I try not to waste time on my problems too much. I try to seat myself in my solution um, so that I can be objective and deal with myself. I get my ego out of the way and get my problem solver. I, I connect with who I am at a core level because your ego will fool you. Your, your ego is that arrogant, cocky, self-absorbed self. And I don't want to be in that place because the ego, if you know that it's an acronym for edging God out. And guess what? I'm not trying to do that. I want the creator. I want spirit all up in my business. <laughs> That's what I want. So Let's get into how I realize what, what thinking is, how I realize what it is. This is how I really applied what thinking is. One of my favorite mentors, um, uh, Michael Beckwith, is a, a minister and an author, and he is brilliant. He is one of my distant mentors. I've not met him yet, and I read in one of his books, I can't remember the books, I'm, I'm bad with that, but I found the quote. The quote is, a lot of times what some people call thinking is just a shuffling of information. It's not real thinking. Real thinking has something to do with being still and catching new ideas from the realm of the spirit. Sounds like something I would say, right? <laughs> I can't take credit for that. Again, Pastor Beckwith said, a lot of times what some people call thinking is just a shuffling of information. It's not real thinking. So you think you're worrying and you're shuffling information from side to side in your head is actually the thought process. Thinking, it's not. Thinking is the stillness 
of those thoughts. It's the stillness and the itemization of that information. You've actually got to quiet the noise in your head and be very still to begin to get to a place of resolve. So one of the things that you have to ask yourself is where are these thoughts coming from? Are my real thoughts coming from a place of fear or are they coming from a place of faith? Because I'll tell you, fear is erratic, fear is irrational, fear is loud, fear is confusing, fear is panic, fear is filled with anxiety. And if your decisions are coming from that, then guess what? They're panic, fear, anxiety, stress-based decisions that are only going to produce that feeling, those emotions. So identify if you're making faith-based decisions, faith-based decisions. Don't be afraid to trust that small, still voice and be quiet. So many of us are so afraid of the stillness, so afraid of meditation, so afraid of prayer because true prayer, true meditation requires us to go down in spirit, go down in the stillness, go down in silence. And the silence scares us because we need to hear answers. I want an answer. You got to tell me what's going on. Shh, you've got to settle yourself. And for those of us who get really, really, really afraid, we go, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. So I'm not going to make any decisions. I don't know. So I'm not going to make any decisions. Well, guess what? If you know any Benism, you know that I tell you, I don't know is not an answer. <laughs> I don't know is not an answer. It's a revelation. It reveals that you have not invested any thought in that particular area. And even more than that, I don't know. And your indecision is a decision. Did you hear me? Indecision is a decision. Indecision is where you choose not to choose. <laughs> what? What? What you say when you say it, Ben? <laughs> Indecision is a choice. It's where you choose not to choose because of your fear of making mistakes or of making a mistake. Again, you have got to learn to trust yourself. So this is where you start applying the think. This is the think. You know, I have an acronym every week. That acronym is a tool. You're responsible for writing it down and applying it to your life. One of the last quotes I want to go over with you before we actually get into our tool is this. For all of you who are afraid to make decisions, to all of you who make hasty decisions, who don't trust yourself, you've got to know progress is impossible without change. Progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. That's from George Bernard Shaw. I didn't say that. It's good though. Progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Another good quote that I heard was from another distant mentor. My, my, my uh, man, Bishop Tudor Bismarck. I'm telling you, Bishop Tudor Bismarck is the business. Bishop Tudor Bismarck told me, <laughs> yeah, he said it to me directly. He said, you've got to use your mind to change your mind. Do you know how powerful you are? 
you have the ability to take the same mind that you use to make those poor choices and decisions to change that mind and make incredibly victorious decisions. You've just got to be willing to stand in accountability of yourself and take ownership and the power and the control back and say, I'm going to make faith-based decisions. So listen, this is the tool for the week. Think is an acronym. T-H-I-N-K. You better think. (laughs) T, learn to trust your own voice and your own vision. This is number one because if you don't know the sound of your own inner voice, if you can't distinguish what your inner voice, what your inner cheerleader, your inner champion sounds like, you've got to start from square one. Because unless you can identify what your inner champion is saying to you, your inner cheerleader is saying to you, you're always going to listen to that gremlin, that inner critic that tells you you're less than, you're lacking, you're not good enough. You've got to learn to trust your own voice and trust the vision for your life. Get a vision. Get a vision. Uh, A minister said to me almost 10 years ago, get pregnant with the vision. And when he said that, It impregnated me spiritually because something began to grow on the inside of me that I needed to give birth to. Purpose, destiny, passion, coaching, writing, speaking. Get a vision and trust your voice. The H, be honest. Be honest about how you are showing up in the world. Be honest. Tell the truth. If you're afraid, you don't trust yourself, you don't know how to trust yourself, you don't know how to not make fear-based decisions, be honest because there is freedom in your honesty. You know it. What's the universal law? What's the scripture? The truth shall set you free. To thine own self be true. The I Listen to your intuition and honor that small, still voice and shut out the noise. Intuition, intuition, that small, still voice, that voice of spirit, that voice of God, that voice of the universe that says you can do it. I'm protecting you. I'm covering you. I'm guiding you. I've enabled you. I've touched you. I've anointed you for such a thing. This is your season. This is your time. Don't be afraid. You can make this happen. Then the end. Remain neutral. Remain neutral and don't jump in too deep. So what does that mean? If I'm trusting, if I'm honest, then you want me to remain neutral? Be objective. Be objective. Don't be on anybody's side. And I'm talking about yourself. What? What do you mean? When you have to make a decision and a choice about yourself, Don't be on the side of your emotions. Don't be on the side of your intellect. Find balance. Don't do anything that feels good that's going to turn out to create a bad situation for yourself. And don't be so analytical that you make the situation right and you fill out, you end up feeling wrong. Do you understand? So be objective about your choices. Make sure you're neutral so that you create balance emotionally, physically, 
mentally, spiritually. And then finally, K, knowledge. Knowledge. Do your research. Don't dive in, jump into anything that you don't know what you're getting into. Do enough research. Have enough integrity. Respect yourself enough to say, I'm going to learn just a little bit about it. Just a little tiny bit. So think. These are your tools. Trust your, your inner voice. Be honest. Listen to that small, still voice, that intuitive voice that's guiding, protecting, leading you. Be neutral. Be objective. Be balanced. And then get some knowledge. Equip yourself. Educate yourself. The, the, the people perish for their lack of what? Knowledge. Information. <laughs> so listen, I hope you were able to take something from this show. I use these tools in my own life. They have been effective for me and they have affected my life in a considerable way, in a victorious way. I know I can come across as a dictator. I know I can come across as heavy handed and forceful, but I'm delivering on each show a piece of my heart, a piece of my experience, a piece of my journey. Ultimately, it's a testimony, a testimony of victory. And I'm speaking and commanding that victory show up in every area of your life. That after you leave this show, you will apply these tools to your life. And as you apply these tools in your life, it will allow the God of your understanding to show up. It will allow all good things to work together for you. It will allow the universe to go and perform on your behalf. It will allow you to live in abundance. You know how much I love you. I choose to love you. Because Until you next time, life is gonna take it think, you can't change I love you so been. much. This has been, today, I'll see you soon. I have the opportunity to choose. Here I am now looking at 30 and I got so much to say. Gotta get this off of my chest, I gotta let it go today. I was always too concerned about what everybody would think. But I can't live for everybody. I gotta live my life for me, yeah. I've reached a fork in the road of my life. And nothing gonna happen unless I decide to be the best that I can be. To be authentic and Some painful things I thought that I would never make it through Filled up with shame from the top of my head to the soles of my shoes I put myself in so many chaotic circumstances By the grace of God I've been given so many 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.